This is Adrian Chetty of Sportsman. You're listening to the Big O Podcast. everybody for another episode of the Big O Podcast. I'm your host Julian Ortiz and today on the podcast I am joined by feature producer for Sportsnet and Scarborough native Adrian Chidi. Adrian how are you doing today? I'm doing well sir how are you doing? Not too bad. Did I butcher your last name? I should have probably asked you what your last name how you it's say your good. last name. How it's do you uh, say it? Chetty. 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 Chetty, yeah, yeah. Should have figured that out by the uh, the, the conversations that we had prior to the <laughs> podcast starting, and understanding it's a, probably a West Indian name and yeah. or an English name, as as we sort of talked about. But uh, how's everything going? I know you're in the middle of sort of recovering from a move. Yeah. How's that moving? Adjusting to Mississauga from Scarborough to downtown Mississauga is a whole new, different lifestyle for me. So I'm just trying to figure out where my spots are, how to get around. Um, as you can see from my room right here, it's pink, and that's going to be changed in hopefully in a few days. So I can get some paint. Uh, but overall, it's been good, man. Can't, can't, can't complain. Listen, you got to get the Flip app. I'll tell you right now, great. Not not a sponsor by any means, but like great for finding paint Flip. cheap. And if you need to okay. find a good place, I can let you know because as we found out just before we started recording this, you're actually like – seven minutes away from i am right now which is kind of kind of crazy so if you need any mississauga tips like roti <laughs> that's your boy i got you i got you no problem the one thing i'm worried about is i saw because of the lockdown home depot is not going to be open anymore it's like oh. curbside pickup so i got to get my paint and stuff before this all this closed down well, that's interesting because it should be – it's considered essential service because I've gone to yeah. Lowe's throughout all of this. And Mississauga has been in the in the gray zone for anyone who's mm-hmm. not living in Canada. We're all moving to like a province statewide lockdown. lockdown. But you should be because I'm fairly certain it is considered a – uh essential service you should be able to but if not we'll we'll be able to find you some paint yeah. don't worry i got the sales for you um but listen we sort of are connecting because uh of a mutual friend of ours uh julio ramirez who i've had on the podcast a, a, a couple of times and uh we we talked sports we talked baseball and immediately after our last recording sends me a message and was like hey listen you love talking sports I got this guy. I think he'd be great, you know, fit for the podcast. He also loves sports, you know, should we make it happen? And lo and behold, a few DMs later, we're here, we're talking, you know, what, what is it like for you? Cause I mentioned feature producer off the top, you're a guy behind the scenes. What's it like for you right now in front of the camera? It's a bit different. I can't <laughs> lie. I, I feel like I, I have the face for radio. So <laughs> it's definitely a bit different for me from the camera, but um, I do love talking sports. I love ch- I love chatting in general about anything and everything. So I'm um, happy to do this. Happy to connect with good people. Happy to be re- re- uh, referred to from good people. So um, let's get it. Let's get it cracking. Yeah. Now, uh, one of the things again we talked about before the podcast is your feature producer for Sportsnet, and you work with the likes of Donovan Bennett. And yeah. I, we've had Donovan Bennett on the show. Stand up, phenomenal mm-hmm. guy. Uh, great at his craft and just an overall good dude what was it like getting an opportunity and continuous opportunities to work with someone like donovan uh it's been unreal like um like i was telling you earlier donovan's a mentor to me and i honestly would not be i could with a hundred percent confidence say i would not be where i am uh without donovan the amount of support that he get, he gives everybody that he works with and i know this on a personal level the amount of support that he's given me has been tremendous the advice he's given me um the the freedom to, to really expand as a producer. Because when I started at Sportsnet, um, I didn't know what I was going to do. I just wanted to get to sports. So I just want to start off as the intern and then kind of work in the archives uh, department. Uh, I would help Donovan kind of find some footage. And then through that, I developed a friendship with him and, uh, and a working relationship with him. And then he's like, well, why don't you just kind of take the lead on producing this thing for me? Because Donovan has like a million things on his plate. And he can, he's one guy that has so many things on his plate, but still has time to do it. And I, right. I and then I asked him like, how do you like how do you do a podcast, write an article, go on Tim and Sid, you know, produce this feature with this athlete, go here and there, take care of your kid, be with your family, and still have time to sleep? Like I don't know how he does it, <laughs> um, but he gave me the opportunity some sometimes to to produce some of the stuff. And since then, uh, we just been rolling. So right now we're doing 
the year in review for Sportsnet that I'm hoping will come out uh, Christmas Eve. I think it's supposed to be scheduled to come out. Don't quote me on that, but uh, definitely it's going to come out this this week and not next. Um, and I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be a good one. And that's sort of like a perfect segue to, you know, I said we were going to talk about a few things on the podcast, which is not normally a thing I would do with guests, but I felt like, you know what, let me prepare you just in case. Um, and I thought this would be a great episode because this is going to be airing just after Christmas, probably either New Year's Eve or just before and I figured, you know, let's dive into some topics, some sports news from the past year because it's been a crazy year. Uh, yeah. COVID, social activism, um, you know, it's just been all over the place. And with that being said, I want to just sort of get into my number one story for 2020. And as I'm going, feel free to jump in. Give me your takes. I want to know because the first thing that comes to my mind that seems like forever ago, but still can't believe it's been just less than a year, was the passing of Kobe Bryant. Yeah. And Gigi and the seven others on the helicopter in the now like well viewed, documented, discussed, uh, discussed, you know, helicopter crash. You know, I think it was January 19th, if I'm not wrong. I believe it was, I know it was in January, but, yeah. you know, shocked the sports world. Where yeah. were you when this happened? So I was at home and I was getting ready. I think it was a Sunday it happened. Yes. Uh, Saturday, Sunday, but yeah, okay, Sunday. And I was at home and I was watching a show with, with my then fiance and um, I was getting ready to go to work. And then her friend messaged her and said, hey, how is Adrian doing with the Kobe news? And the night before, LeBron just passed Kobe, I think on the pass, on the scoring list or something like that. Yeah. And I'm not the biggest LeBron fan. I like LeBron, but it, no, I'm not, just kind of joke about, about, about him a bit much. Uh, I have a lot of friends that love him, so I guess that's the reason why I kind of crack on a little bit. But anyway, so she's like, how's uh, Adrian with the Kobe news? So she goes, oh, how are you with the Kobe news? Uh, so-and-so wants to know. And I'm like, who cares? LeBron passing, whatever. Kobe has five chapters. That's what I care about LeBron passing on the list. And then I'm sitting there thinking, I'm like, why in the world would my fiance's friend care about what I feel about Kobe? So then I, I think I was watching Netflix. I turned it off, went to CNN, and there was like, oh, my God. car uh, Plane crash, Kobe Bryant pronounced dead. And I was just in shock. I couldn't, could not believe it. Like, Kobe has been someone that I've watched my whole life. We had the same birthday. Uh, wow. we, I watched him my whole career. Um, he rushed, I rushed with my Achilles and I, right away, he's the first, he is the first person I thought about when I rushed with my Achilles <laughs> back in 2013 because I've, I've watched him for so many years and I try to idolize how he's played, his mentality. Um, and then to see that, I was like, I couldn't believe it. Like I'm, nothing in the sports world has ever hit me that hard in my life. I too am a huge Laker fan. Uh, I'm okay. from southern california i was born in la moved oh. to canada when i was young but the lakers have always been my squad through the good times and <laughs> you know the the not so good times mm. um and i remember similar to you you know the sunday my wife was upstairs with uh she was pregnant at the time yeah she's pregnant at the time um and no, sorry, our, our baby had just turned, was just about to turn one in March. Okay. Um, so she's upstairs she's with the baby and I'm with our oldest daughter and I'm watching like the news. I was watching me. I was watching cartoons and somebody messaged me. He was like, Hey man, like how you holding up? Very similar to you, you know, with Kobe. Hmm. Um, I'm like, you know, that's fine. I, I didn't even think anything into it. I didn't even, I don't even care. The LeBron passes them to me. That's it's irrelevant. Hmm. Kobe's always the number one guy. Um, and so I'm just like, yeah, no, I'm I'm fine, you know. Kobe, Kobe's doing his thing, like Mamba yeah. Academy, like it's Gigi is gonna go to UConn yeah. and rip it up, like Kobe's great. And then I get a message from my best friend, and he's like, hey, did you see the news? And I was like, all right, what's going on here? So I flip yeah. on CP24, and just the 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 headline of you know helicopter crash and no one's saying any names yet because you know at this point yeah. they're not really sure and then once it comes down that it's kobe bryant i immediately just start bawling and this is oh. not bawling like you know your favorite tv character just died on a show mm. and you're just like so emotional it's done it's bawling like a family member 
just left and it was way too soon and it was so unexpected and for probably about four hours I was steadily just like in tears and my daughter went upstairs and told my wife and my wife came down she's Mm -hmm. like are you okay like it's gonna be fine and then you have those moments where like you're doing okay and then like my dad called me and then I was just like I couldn't talk it was like I got like two words out and for me it was it was more than just Kobe being the amazing basketball player and the representative of the game and such a great ambassador of the sport. It was also the fact that we now had this other connection of both being like girl dads, which he has like, there have been dads before Kobe that have had Mm. just daughters, but he like really made the girl dad thing popular. And, you know, with two daughters of my own, I'm thinking like, you know, Gigi, I'm thinking Vanessa, I'm thinking the family. And I'm remembering that Kobe only returned back to watching games at the Staples Center when Gigi said, hey, can we go to a game? Because Kobe, once he Mm. retired, he just sort of like left it. He was kind of like, I'm a dad now. This is like Mm. chapter two. My NBA career is finished. And he's just starting the next chapter. And Mom Academy and Gigi, and you saw all the footage after Kobe sort of passed with like them putting up shots in the gym. And for me, it was like the most heart wrenching thing because there was so much left in the story. Yeah. So right? Many. Like there's so many. just so many blank pages that were waiting right. to get filled. And we all had expectations. Gigi's gonna go to UConn. She's probably gonna go to the WNBA. She might very well be the greatest women's basketball player. Mm of all time. Right. And sort of ripped away from us. And so for me, that's my number one story. So on a, on a ranking of like one to five, in your opinion, where does like a a Kobe Bryant sort of fall? Kobe is number one to me as well, just because there's a, it hits me and like it hits me hard. Like COVID obviously hits everybody, but if you grew up watching Kobe, if you saw the five champions, you saw the MVP, you saw him, struggling when Shaq left you saw him come back and win it like that's your childhood that's your your teenage life that's your adulthood for for parts for some of it um so that's a big part of your life that just disappeared and I was having this conversation at my barbershop um and I was wondering like is there another athlete that can affect you that much right now outside of maybe LeBron but I it'll be I think it's like a 1a 1b but I can't think of one. Maybe Ronaldo, but that'll be more on the European scale. Like for North America, I think Kobe's the guy. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's it's interesting because I feel like Kobe didn't have as many haters and non-believers as mm. LeBron does. Right. I, exactly. I feel like LeBron grew up in the shadow of Michael Jordan with the comparisons, like the unfair comparisons, and which is why I love the debate of who's the greatest of all time. I, I yeah. side with MJ, but I also think that MJ didn't, begin his basketball career with the expectation that he was mm. going to be the greatest basketball player of all time. So right. he doesn't have the same burden to succeed as LeBron did at 14 years old. Right. Right. Like Jordan was taken to the first round, wasn't taken first overall. Yeah. They weren't talking about him being the greatest basketball player at 13, 14, 15, 16, being on SI covers and in, in high school and all of that fun stuff. But LeBron's had to wear that. And because of that, they obviously have haters and, I think what LeBron has been able to do um, with his platform is second to none. Yeah. He's Um, he's also on this list. He comes in at number three for me. But I think what he's been able to do with the resources that he's had and impact the amount of, you know, families and communities, Mm. what he's done is is unmatched. Absolutely unmatched by anybody else right now. I put him in the, yeah, the same category as Ali in terms of being with social justice. Um, yeah. What LeBron does is, yeah, it's, it's for right now, it's second and not. No, he, he leads that train. Um, he runs that mile ahead of everybody else. Uh, LeBron is definitely, I agree, second to none. Uh, but, but with the jo- Jordan part as, uh, part as well, as much as I love Jordan, and I do think he is the greatest basketball player of all time, and I hope he doesn't pass away. I'm not saying this like to jinx it, but if he was a pass through, I just don't think it would reach the same level as Kobe because Kobe stayed relevant to some degree after he retired. Jordan is very behind the scenes. You know, he does things in the shadows. Outside of the last dance, um, not a lot of people probably knew what Jordan did, like a lot of like younger players, right? Sure. 
but people still know Kobe. His shoes are still relevant. His game was still relevant. He was only four years, five years removed from the NBA. Um, and you see him at WNBA games. You see him courtside, you no know, hugging Luca at the uh, courtside or Trey Young. So Kobe was still relevant. So yeah, not not to keep harping on his past, it's just bring back these memories, and because Kobe was just that guy. Yeah, shout out, uh, rest in peace, Mamba. Um, one of the, again, it's like it's like we discussed this before. Going into number two, you sort of set it up when you compared Ali with the social justice yeah. uh, initiatives that he did. I mean, obviously, for a younger generation, they know the name of Ali as one of the greatest, yeah. but they don't know the sacrifice that he made during his prime to not fight in a war that he did not believe in. Yeah. And so with that Muhammad Ali comparison, number two on my list is Maya Moore. Maya mm. Moore, uh, WNBA uh, player. Uh, who played for the Minnesota Lynx, also won two gold medals, uh, four WNBA championships, sat out for her second consecutive season. So didn't play last year, didn't play this year because uh, she really wanted to focus on being able to help people that were in jail. Mm. And and I'm trying to think of what like the right word would be, but it's like because he was innocent. And yeah. so she, she decides to sit out and she's like, you know what? I'm going to help this person. Uh, I'm going to put all of my resources in to being able to help get him free to yeah. make sure that everyone knows what's going on. And sure enough, in I believe July of this year, Jonathan Irons is released um, from jail. And then they announced in September that they're, you know, they get married. And so Oof. Maya Moore based on in her prime, decorated WNBA star understood that there was a higher importance to what she could do. That was more than just a game. Mm. And for me, I, I think that's just, you know, incredible, especially when we look at the social injustice that happened or continued to happen and was really under the mag, the magnoscope mm. here or the microscope of 2020, right? When we right. have, you know, Brianna Taylor, uh, we have George Floyd, okay. we have so many other people you know and she's out here saying listen there's not going to be another person i'm going to make sure that i do what i can mm. and affects change like what are your thoughts on on the maya Moore saga just the WNBA in general like they should get a lot more love than they that, that they do get because they always seem to find a way to lead the charge in some sort of way like i think women in general always are the ones leading the revolution forward and uh that's just a testament to them for what they have done over the years and what they continue to do. And no one really knows too much about it, but when you hear about it, it's like, you're taken back. Like, wow, like this is what the, like there's so much more to these athletes than what meets the eye. And then all you can do is just get a round of applause because it, it means so much to so many people on so many different levels. Yeah. I mean, you hit the nail on the head there. Um, you know, we have, and I can't remember uh, which one it was. That's how, you know, bad it is trying to remember exactly everything that's going on. But you know, the Milwaukee Bucks, uh, after Jacob the Blake. bubble, there we go, Jacob Blake. Um, Milwaukee Bucks, after the bubble resumes, mm. there's another shooting. Milwaukee decides that they're uh, they're not going to play, right. right? And a lot of people respected that. The WNBA actually decided to sit out mm. games. So it wasn't just one. It was like show up to the court and then decide not to play right. as a move of solidarity. Um, their first game in the bubble, I believe, uh, they decide that Brianna Stewart takes the mic and says we're going to have a 26-second mm -hmm. moment of silence for Brianna Taylor. So as you so perfectly said, the WNBA does not get the love that they deserve, mm -hmm. but they are really at the forefront of a lot of these movements. And... You know, they're fighting to this day. We saw it yeah. happen with U.S. soccer, the women's mm -hmm. national team fighting for equal pay. Mm -hmm. You know, it is it is time for things to sort of change a little bit. And Definitely. you hit it on the head. I think it starts and will end with the female movement, which we have seen really gain steam over the last, you know, couple of years. Yeah, I agree 100%. Like I said, when revolution starts, usually the ladies that lead the way. And this is a prime example of them doing that. Yeah, I remember when the Jacob Blake's happened. Um, I can't remember which, which team it was. It was Seattle. But they wore the T-shirt that said Jacob Blake. And then they had the seven shots in the back. I just thought that image itself was so powerful. Not saying what the, uh, the Bucks did, everyone else did. But just seeing those shots in the back to make you really 
feel the the pain that these families are going through out on the streets. So it was just it was unbelievable. Yeah, the visuals were definitely you know made their mark and mm-hmm. and definitely hit home. And you know, going to number three, I talked about LeBron James. LeBron James. Um, my daughter's actually just got a book from some of our really good friends for Christmas, and the book is called I Promise. Mm, nice. It's all about and it's all about LeBron James. It's like a cartoon book. It all talks about you know doing your best. And I'm not going to lie, like two pages in, my <laughs> wife had to start reading it. because, like, I don't know what was going on with me, but I'm just like, to me, hearing and seeing everything that LeBron James has been able to do, again, mm. as we spoke about, given the circumstances and, and really making sure that he's taking care of the next generation of young black kids mm. and making sure that they can be successful, whether they're underprivileged, whatever their socioeconomic situation is, mm. he is making sure that they all have a future. Not only that, but he also organizes to make sure that stadiums are used for polling stations for the yeah. Olympic uh, for the election. Are making sure that people are registering to vote. Yeah, he donated. Well, how many? He donated was it ten million or something like that, or a million to, to the Florida voters for yeah. incarcerated uh, people incarcerated in Florida to vote to have the the right to vote. Yeah, and so everything that he does mm-hmm. off of the basketball court is just it's just incredible because Michael Jordan as you said Michael Jordan didn't really deal with that when we saw the last dance we saw uh, a little bit of what was asked of him when the, I think there was an election going on whether yeah. it was like a senate or mayoral election and he was like no nah, I'm just a basketball player right. this is just what I do LeBron James was like at the forefront of things saying listen I stand with Colin Kaepernick I right. We'll start this school. I will make sure that we do all of these things and I will lead the charge on behalf of the NBA and its players to make a difference and make a change and use our our platforms to be able to have, you know, success for our future. And I find it very hard to find another athlete that has the same platform and have used the same platform for such good as the way he did. Yeah, and there's no better person to do it than the biggest basketball player in the world. Um, and he used it, like you said, better than anyone else. And uh, the recognition that he gives these movements um, and the light that he shines in it is is something that, yeah, like no one else. I can't see, like Kawhi Leonard's not doing that. Uh, Kevin Durant's not going to do it the way LeBron does it. But, and LeBron goes at the president. Like he doesn't back down from anyone. Like if he is against you for the right reasons, he's going to make sure that everybody knows about it. And more times than not, he wasn't going to support him unless you're Laura Ingram, who thinks he should shut up and play basketball. But then he opens up a school for kids. And then what's she going to say now? Not only does he set up a school, like one of the cool things that I love about this is that like the first graduating class all have like guaranteed scholarships Mm, to uh, Akron University. And when you look at like their school, like marks, they're in like the highest percentile. So it's not like they're just giving kids money or 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 trying to like stack the system like they're really educating and making sure that they're setting students up for success and that's incredible and then just recently uh within the last week or so lebron james has also bought like a plot of land to build affordable housing oh yeah um and so again he's putting his money where his mouth is and donald trump didn't love that because (laughs) donald trump would tweet at him calling him all sorts of names But if you're, if you're getting called out by the, the president and you see the other names that are getting yeah. called out by a president, you're in good company. Yeah, exactly. So you're, you're not doing anything wrong. You're probably on the right side of history when mm-hmm. this is all said of done. So um, kudos to LeBron James. And I'm sure if they were to have done a visit, they're definitely going to the White House to see Joe Biden. Oh, for sure. Because, and Kamala Harris. Know, they wanted it. They want to start exactly yeah. Harris. So they want to start back that yeah. tradition um, that has been boycotted for you know the last couple of years under the uh, Trump regime. Actually, I would love to be Kamala Harris. I think outside of Barack Obama, she's then like Barack Obama's the first politician I ever loved to meet, and then Kamala Harris is right behind her. I think she's, I think she would have been a great president. I think she will be one day, but I mean that's another conversation for another day. Quick question for you because I can tell that yes, you're a big sir. Laker fan. But then you're wearing a Dodgers hat. So which championship brought you more joy this year? Okay, so uh, that's that's actually number five <laughs> oh, on my oh, list. Did I jo- okay, did I jump? No, no, it's, it's cool. Um, so so in all honesty, because um, anyone who listens to this knows my allegiances, I am I'm a Laker fan. Mm-hmm. Um, that's how my dad raised me. I grew up in LA. Kobe was my guy. My dad flipped to being a Clippers fan somewhere mm-hmm. down the line. 
couldn't have brought me more joy because <laughs> he's on the losing end of a bet now where I get a nice, you know, framed LeBron James jersey coming my <laughs> way from my office. Um, but I'm actually a Boston Red Sox fan. Whoa. Yeah. So, so let me just stop you there for a quick second. <laughs> I don't know if, if who told you this. I am a massive, massive New York Yankees fan. Like oh. I was like two years old, huge Yankee fan. Um, like Kobe was my guy, but Jeter is like my god when it comes to like playing mentors. <laughs> so uh, I, I'm sure we could get into that later, but uh, just wanted to to let that let that spill a little bit. See, for me, I respect. I always respected what the Yankees were doing. Mm. I mean, I was, I never liked them. I never would root for them, but like I understood that they were like the best of the best. And for many years, it was like the best players in the in the MLB were on the Boston Red Sox and on the New York Yankees. And it sucked when we had to go through each other early on to get to a World Series. So it's funny enough for me, my my Red Sox fandom actually started um, in the 2004 playoffs. And for me, I loved I loved sports, but I didn't mm. really develop like allegiances until like later in life. I just loved watching them and I loved yeah. playing them. And for me, my sports fandom usually starts cheering for like an underdog. Yeah. So for me, being down 3-0 against the New York Yankees, who, you know, Aaron Boone crushes the heart of the, the Red Sox the year before. Uh, I was like, you know what? Yeah, Red Sox 3-0. Why not? Why not us? And I just <laughs> jumped on the Red Sox bandwagon. Uh, and that was it for me. And since then, um, my last name being Ortiz, obviously David Ortiz is there. Okay. So big poppy, there's my connection. Um, that was, that was where my fandom began. And, you know, every couple of years I have something to cheer about. Yeah. But th- I'm just thinking we live in 2004. That was such a tough time for me. I didn't go to school for a week <laughs> after that. Um, I actually, I don't know if I'm going to age myself again, but I had this like little, I don't know, do you remember back in the day they used to have these keychains? Oh, yeah. Guys? So I had this since I was like grade five, and it stayed with me ever since. Um, wow. But yeah, 2004 was a tough year. 2003 was a great year for that ALCS, but <laughs> But uh, yeah. And, so who'd you cheer for when Dodgers played the uh, Red Sox? So uh, I cheered for the Red Sox, and my sister, uh, who lives in LA, uh, cheers for the Dodgers, Dodgers and her kids, huge Dodger fans. So I actually made a wager. I said, I will bargain. I will bet my daughters, my oldest daughter's, you know, fandom who she's going to grow up cheering on whoever wins this world series. So if the Dodgers win, I'm going to raise her as a Dodger fan. And if the Red Sox win, that's going to be her allegiance. And then on top of that, if the Red Sox win, the whole family had to wear Boston Red Sox gear for like a couple photos and that oh, like that stung more than anything. And so I'm not usually one to chirp during a series mm. because I always seem to curse my team, <laughs> but I was getting on my sister when, you know, Mookie was doing his thing and the Red yeah. Sox were, you know, you know, Chris sale was about to have his arm fall off, but uh. not before he, you know, won his world series. And so, uh, that was one of the fun, more fun World Series that I can remember. But going back to what you asked me this year, I wanted the Dodgers to win. I thought, you know, yeah, Mookie, Mookie going yeah, over. Yeah, Mookie. Yeah. yeah, so Mookie, my guy who did absolutely nothing wrong during his time other than just being too good mm-hmm. and too expensive for the Red Sox to be able to keep. I said, you know what, like, let him go. He's the piece that the, the Dodgers have been knocking on the door. Mm-hmm. It's about time that they win. And the last time they actually won was like the year I was born. So like in 88. So for Mm. me, it was like, this was the year for the Dodgers. And then like, that's it. I hope they all get like Tommy John and injured (laughs) and the Red Sox win the next three. But I really wanted the Dodgers to do it for uh, for Vin Scully, for Mm. that organization, for Magic. You Mm. know, Magic being affiliated with the Dodgers. He now has like a championship and and all of these different things. He's got like, it's crazy. Exactly. And so I really, I really wanted them to do well. And so I'm happy that, uh, that the Dodgers pulled it out, but are you, are you a Yankee fan that can't cheer for anyone else? No. Like, do you cheer for the umpires when the, Re- the Yankees aren't playing? No, I am. Uh, like I want the Jays to do well. So people are to say, how do you like the Jays when they're saying division? 
throughout my life, the-, the Jays have never challenged the Yankees, right? The Yankees have always been the AL East champs or the, the Walker. And the Jays kind of fell within fourth and fifth in the division. So they never really arrived to me. The Red Sox were a rival. For some reason, Tampa Bay always used to piss me off to anybody, even when they <laughs> suck. Um, so, but, and I like Miami now because Jeter is running that ship and my allegiance to Jeter is never going to go away. So Miami is my third team. But no, I, I could cheer for other teams as well. Um, I, I wanted the Dodgers to win because, believe it or not, I'm a big Mookie fan. I was actually, it's crazy. I was a fan of Bogars, Bradley, and Mookie when on the Red Sox. And tough. it was so that's, hard. That's yeah, because they're such good players. But I remember when I saw uh, Bradley play uh, against the Yankees his rookie year, and I, I think I tweeted out, like, this guy's just going to be such a problem because to me, he was just so good. And watching Bogars play and then Mookie was just unbelievable from the gate. Um, it was hard to cheer against them. And they're just good dudes. Like they weren't like the Kevin Euclidses of the world who I couldn't stand, right? Uh, or like John Rocker on Atlanta, guys like that who I just hated. Even though Euclidus became a Yankee, which was weird. Um, yeah, so did Johnny Damon after yeah. that faithful World Series. Like that was that was to me probably like one of the hardest things to see. And when he when he took like the fake beard off at the press conference, I'm just like, I hate this guy. Yeah. Like I can't believe I ever cheered for him as a as a Red Sox. A player but then i'm like this is great because you hit the ball to center field and the guy has a noodle for an yeah, arm like, this throw. actually works better for the red sox yeah so. he actually he, he did well for us in 09 which i was happy for uh we actually won the championship but um yeah there's some guy like even ortiz believe it or not i think i like ortiz more than i like a-rod of course oh yeah. well, well being I, a yankee I, fan, I can't, right? I, I yeah i totally i'm like in my head i'm like of course who wouldn't love ortiz yeah right? yeah I get it. But one of the things that did make me smile is when you guys traded Mookie. And to this day, I still understand why you guys did it. Unless Mookie comes out and says, you know, I told him behind closed doors I wasn't resigning, so it makes sense to get rid of him. But why would you get rid of a talent like that? A future Hall of Famer, a chant. Oh, he's so good. So it was a combination of things like resetting payroll Mm. and dumping arguably one of like the worst baseball contracts right now in David Price. Price. Um, did they get back anything? No, right. it's going to go down as, especially in recent, in like recency bias, it's going to be like one of the worst trades. Mm-hmm. What Boston's able to do with cap space in yeah. the next couple of years may change the narrative just a little bit, but it's going to be hard because you trade a superstar in the off season and then he ends up winning a world series with that next. Right. Team. Exactly. So you either continue to build the already giant that is the LA Dodgers and now they're going to win three of the next five or you find a way to come back down to earth reset try to get some of your good prospects in order spend a little bit of money but not getting to the luxury tax and and make a run at it again the Yankees I don't know man like the Yankees are good but yeah we got to get DJ back we have to resign that guy. Like last thing I read, they're twenty-five mil apart, um, but we have to get him back. That guy is like one of the best pure hitters in baseball. The rumor of getting apparently the Jays are in on him too. Right? Yeah, uh, I think uh, Bruchette was kind of champion for him a little bit there, right? Um, yeah. But if we can get Lindor, which I don't think is possible, and move uh, Torres the second his natural position, I'll feel a little bit more better. Uh, the pitching has to tighten up a bit. Like what's what's not as a free agent. Uh, we all we have right now is Cole and Severino. If he comes back off injury, we don't know how he's going to perform. But the Yankees will find a way. I, I have to be one of those cocky Yankee fans. Like, <laughs> they always do. Find a way. We're going to find a way. We we brought in Bergen Wells one year. We still made the playoffs. So with, there's hope. <laughs> yeah. How's that Jacoby Ellsbury uh, contract? Yes, that, that was, was, that was uh, great. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks, guys. <laughs> You're welcome. It's funny because uh, I cheer for the. I cheer for the Blue Jays when they don't play the Red Sox. When they play the Red Sox, I'm obviously a Red Sox yeah. fan. But I uh, I actually even like messaged uh, Trevor Bauer's agent, uh, Rachel Luba, who I've spoken about many times on the podcast. And the goal is to hopefully have her early in uh, once once her clients sign. Um, and I said, listen, Toronto would be a great place. Canadians very forgiving people after what happened in his you know playoff yeah. run against the Blue Jays. But. Yeah, and and so he would be phenomenal. So I'm all about the Jays getting better mm-hmm. when they're not playing the Red Sox. And for me, the lines kind of get blurred even more because I play in a very competitive fantasy baseball league. Okay, and so 
one of my cornerstone pieces was actually DJ LeMahieu and Glaber Torres. I had them both on my team. And so, like, I found myself in the box score rooting for them, right. but, like, in real life being like, God, I hope they suck. Yeah. It's a tough thing about fantasy. You know, and that's it. And Glaber had the crazy year when he hit like 18 home mm-hmm. runs against the Baltimore Orioles. Yeah. And, I, and I'm just like, I love it. I love it because I'm on my way to a championship. But like, if you could stop winning games, <laughs> be perfect. I'd be cool right. with that too. Uh, I love Glaber. And so, yeah. And, and I think, uh, I think fantasy sports has really changed that a lot for people mm-hmm. when it comes to their fandom, because I would say like, we're in a generation where we still have loyalty to teams yeah. And newer generations have loyalties to players. So that's the thing. Um, Sorry, not to kind of shift gears. Best thing that kind of annoys you with the NBA right now is how players sign a max year of contract and then two years into the max, they want to do a trade. And it's just hard to keep rooting for a team because that team is constantly being changed. Um, so you just got to end up following the players. And it seems like me and you are cut from the same cloth where we have our team. No matter who's on that team, we're still going to root for that, that, that team. Um, but nowadays, I agree with you, with fantasy, with the way player movement has impacted the game so much, it's hard to just be like, I'm a fan of this team, outside of college sports. But like with professional sports, it's hard to do that. Even now with the transfer rules, though, too, mm-hmm. right? College sports now, I mean, you don't have to sit out a year anymore. And that's a big thing, because when you have two starting you know, quarterbacks who are both great, and you're thinking, okay, we just have to wait two more years, this guy graduates, and then we're mm-hmm. set. After that first year that he doesn't play, he's gone. Right. Like, look at Jalen Hurts, right? right. Jalen, perfect example. Leaves Bama, goes to Oklahoma, yeah. killing it. Now he's the starting quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles, who just replaced their star future right. quarterback in Carson Wentz. And now even he's like, if I'm not going to be the guy, you need to trade gone, him. Yeah. So it's, it's all over sports. It's a mess. This is H. And this is Snaps. And this is your boy Chaps. When you're done with the big old podcast, why don't you go to the fridge, grab one of those nice cold beers, sit down in your favorite chair, kick up your feet, and download the Dad Pops podcast. The podcast where dads are being guys, guys are being dudes, and dudes are being dads. Just to get back to the last thing. So I feel like we talked about a lot, but my number, my biggest story... Jeter is going to come in a little bit later to when I talk about the biggest winners of 2020. But the last major story I have of 2020 was the not the, the changing of the mascots or team names for mm-hmm. the longest time, the Washington Redskins now right. known as, and may forever be known as the Washington football team. Um, were standing in the way of some barbaric names that have been around for you know many years mm. in the case of the Cleveland Indians, 105 years. And it's now coming to light that change is going to happen. And I just that's one of my big stories because you know, Washington Redskins going, Cleveland Indians going, the Edmonton Eskimos mm. are on the chopping block as well. What comes next? Maybe a, a Chicago Blackhawks name gets changed. Yeah, the Braves. Um, the Atlanta the, Braves. Yeah the Florida state Seminoles. I mean, Mm -hmm. like we're not just talking about names. We're also talking about logos and shout out Toronto, shout out the Mm -hmm. Canadian government for putting in an injunction that prevented the Cleveland Indians from wearing their chief Wahoo logos while playing in Toronto. I mean, that that's one of the huge things. Does it mean that they started this change for the Cleveland Indians? Probably not, Mm. but Again, it's one of those things that once it happens with one team, that that stone starts yeah. to get bigger, that snowball gets bigger and bigger right. and bigger. And then yeah. now we're seeing the sweeping changes in 2020 that we really should have seen, you know, 5, 10, 15 right. years ago. At least it's happening. Um, what, what do you think about team names or mascots changing due to, you know, inappropriate uh, references? Oh, I think I'm 100% on board. Um, the Braves, the Tomahawk Chop, right? Still yeah. can't believe why people do that. And um, I've been seeing that my whole life, especially in the World Series when the Yankees played the, the Braves. But and even just the the Cowboys and the Red Redskins playing on Thanksgiving. Like, yeah. like how bladed That's... do you want to make this be? So it's happy. I'm happy that this is finally coming to the forefront and, and there's some noise that's going to be made and, and things are happening. And that's a great thing about this day and age is that there's actually movements happening. There's people 
they're screaming at the top of their lungs for change. They're not going to give up or, or nothing's going to get in their way. And um, we need that. We definitely need that going forward. Um, I, I think that it, it sets up, it sets things up perfectly for the next generation to see that, you know, if things don't look right, don't just sit in the back. You got to, you got to speak it into fruition and, and things will happen. Um, so yeah, I'm hundred percent on board with getting rid of all these crazy, outrageous sports team names. Now we'll, People will say social media is like destroying the youth of today, mm. but without social media, none of this stuff happens in the time frame that it's happened now. Right. Because back, you know, you'd have to wait for newspaper reports, and then how do you how do you rally these things? Mm. Where social media now, it's a click of a button. Sure, you know, a fifteen year old kid is like the face of TikTok right now yeah. in the world, but because you can send out a tweet or a DM or a post and receive that information almost immediately or a news article goes up immediately, you can have sweeping organized change. Mm -hmm. And this is really the left hand talking to the right hand yeah. for the first time, which has been such a, there's been such a void for that in, in previous years. I love it. I'm mm -hmm. curious to see what the Cleveland Indians do. I'm yeah. curious to see what the Edmonton Eskimos do. Um, Washington says they're keeping their name. So I'm very interested to see what the next, you know, 18 months sort of looks like when we see what the actual changes are and whether or not someone comes back with something that is more of an honor. Mm. Like maybe they get rid of Indians where they come up with another name because they, you know, connect with their local right. first nations group or something. Even then I think it'll probably be too touchy, but I think that would be important. I think it would that that could to show homage. Work. I mean, they're exactly, yeah, yeah exactly. Um, and so that would be those are my five sort of stories for twenty twenty. What what are your thoughts? Do you have anything that that I missed or thought maybe you know could have been on the list? I guess not to go back to being a Yankee fan, but I guess being a Yankee fan, the Astros cheating was on my list. Right. Um, yeah. Just the way they did it, because they beat the Yankees and won the championship that year. I'm just more bitter than anything. So that was on my list, uh, just to show Toronto some love. The Blue Jays finally making the playoffs again with this young core and setting up what could be a great run in the future. Um, that was on my list. And this Brady going to the Bucks, just leaving New England. So that's going to bring us into the biggest winners and losers of 2020. And okay. so the Houston Astros are on that list of biggest losers. You know. I co-sign a million times with you <laughs> on that one and so it's 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 a story that sort of got swept under the rug it was like tons of media attention when it first happened mm. but sort of got swept under the rug because of covid didn't get didn't get the punishment that they deserved and the excuse as to why they didn't get it was kind of tough as well because mm -hmm. The excuse was, well, we're not going to punish players. They're going to different teams. That's not fair. Yada yada yada. Mm -hmm. So we're gonna we're gonna fire the general manager or suspend the general manager and you know bench boss because we told them that if this ever were to happen, this is you know yeah. what the the cause is going to be. And my Red Sox also are on the list of biggest losers in 2020. <laughs> I can't say that they aren't. What they did was pretty dumb. They fire their coach. Ultimately, know that they're going to bring him back in about a year, which they mm. do. Yeah, but. For me, Major League Baseball, outside of one story, is actually one of the biggest losers of 2020. That goes from Manfred to the Astros to COVID-19 protocols. Mm. The only positive light for me, outside of the Dodgers winning, mm. is the hiring of Kim Ng by yeah. the Miami Marlins. For yeah. me, that is the greatest thing that Jeter has done in his mm -hmm. career in baseball. Um, I think it's the right thing to do. I think mm -hmm. has an affiliation with the Yankees. Obviously she mm -hmm. worked in that organization under Cashman. And so I love the fact that we're able to see someone deserve it in that role. I mean, Rachel Luba mm -hmm. falls into that as well. Agent for probably the most sought after free agent this year and she's you know steps in and and it goes into that boys club and mm. it's just kicking ass and taking names the year of women in major league baseball ultimate winners of 2020 what are your thoughts yeah definitely turning the corner there um i want to i agree i want to give jita that credit but she i i knew a little bit about her being with the yankees but when i read up more about her 
she honestly deserved this this position, this this promotion, this role. Um, she seems to be like one of the best from what I've read from her resume, uh, being part of those championship teams, how she helped develop them, how she helped scout them up. She easily deserves that role. I'm glad someone gave it to her. Selfishly, I'm glad it was Jeter, but yeah, she deserved that 125%. Um, my loser I had uh, were the Clippers. Ah, I love got, it. Tell <laughs> me why. Tell me why. <laughs> Blowing that three. Like, Blowing that 3-1 lead, the cockiness that they had. And I'm a huge Kawhi Leonard fan. I love Kawhi Leonard. But Pat Beverly, you know, Morris, uh, uh, Harold, talking all that smack, all that cockiness, telling – I remember Pat, uh, Pat Beverly was saying, like, why are you guys leaving so early in the, before COVID came to the fans because they're blowing out a team. And then you're up 3-1 against the Canadian kid, and then he shuts you guys all down. And Paul George can't do nothing. Now your coach is to find shots at you from all the way in Philadelphia now. Um, to me, they're just the biggest losers, losers. They have the biggest egg on their face. And as much as I love Kawhi, I do love it because, like, the, even Lou Williams, I'm not the biggest fan of. And then Pat Bev, these guys. Are, uh, I wasn't even a Doc Rivers fan either. So just it, it was it was all a great mixture for me. See, for me, it hurts my heart to to see Doc Rivers go because mm. for me, when Doc Rivers was coaching the Clippers, it meant – that the only championship team ever coming out of L.A. was going to be the Lakers. <laughs> I was never worried that the Clippers were going to bring home a title yeah. under that regime. Yeah, I'm, I'm not the biggest Dr. fan either. I think he's kind of overrated. I don't mean overrated like he's not a good coach. It's just to be in the same conversation as the all-time greats, like the Pat Riley's and the Phil Jackson's and the Larry, uh, Larry Brown's. He's not in that category, in my, in my opinion. He, like when they won with the Celtics, I thought Tom Thibodeau had a lot to do with that defensively than Doc Rivers did. But um, I think Doc Rivers is great when it comes to talking about social justice things and bringing light to those situations. But as a coach, yeah, I think he's a bit overrated. And I was kind of happy that he lost another three to one league in the postseason. Absolutely love it. My friends over at the Good Rookies podcast are, are just. I'm sure they're just enjoying how much that I enjoy the Clippers being unsuccessful. Another one I had, NCAA. The NCAA coming out is one of the biggest losers. Again, yeah. going back to March, going back to just before March Madness, they were still contemplating having these college kids play uh, their their conference tournaments and then trying to find a way to do the NCAA tournament. And then coming up with ridiculous protocols for how college football was going to start. I mean, what are your thoughts on the NCAA? I think the NCAA has always been a somewhat of a joke. I think college football, I can't stand it. I can't watch it. I think it's horrible football. Um, yeah, that's kind of like my, my quick rant about the, the college football. And I love March Madness, but um, what they're trying to do during COVID, I just thought was just insane. Uh, yeah. just trying to keep like they waited so long to cancel the March Madness tournament when clearly every league was shutting down clearly there was case case study, uh, cases going up around the country and you're still trying to find ways to put these kids health in danger um, I just thought it was ridiculous but college football just not a fan of I can't I can't support it I can't watch that I can't watch it at all I just don't get the yeah. like, I don't get it I get I don't know I don't understand how college football prepares these guys for the NFL that it's a completely different game for sure I mean what I don't understand is how you're going to prioritize athletes over regular students. How are you sure. going to say that every college student needs to stay at home and do remote learning, but we're going to bring our student mm. athletes onto campus. They're not going to be learning on site, but they're going mm. to be practicing and getting ready to play football because we care more about money than we do mm -hmm. about safety. And the NCAA canceled more games than any other organization this past, this past year because they weren't taking this seriously. Their whole system sort of became a joke and NCAA who already had egg on its face in the first quarter of 2020 mm -hmm. is the exact same NCAA that has even more egg on their face now after they just butchered the handling of the college football season. Mm -hmm. um, NCAA, you suck. <laughs> that being said, fight on Trojans. Those are the squad. Um, but actually, uh, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm shout out to Memphis Tigers. Penny's my favorite basketball player of all time. So, him being the coach of that team, I'm definitely rooting for them. Now, biggest storylines heading into 2021. Um, for me, this I'm suffering from recency bias, and that is Charlie Woods. My <laughs> goodness, is this kid not going to have? 
as much pressure as maybe LeBron James did, but at a much younger age. This kid can golf. Did you happen yeah. to see this past weekend? I saw bits of it. Um, I mean, you hit like he hit his driver of one seventy five. I think it was. I just took up golf this year, and <laughs> I was barely hitting it like thirty feet. Oh wow! Let alone okay. like I was struck because I grew up playing baseball my whole life. Like I'm letting go of the club with one hand. Right. I'm, I'm posing. I, I have this complete baseball swing. I'm not straight on my arm. All these techniques I'm supposed to do. I got better. I'm better at it now than I was at the beginning of the year. But uh, to see what this kid did on the weekend, and I saw the videos on the weekend, uh, which is unbelievable. And to have Tiger's DNA in you, and you're doing this right now. I mean, the sky's the limit for this kid, right? One hundred percent. I mean, if you do like the side by side that they were doing, like, yeah, he's a spitting image of his father. He's got the golf. He's got. He's got the looks. He's a good-looking kid. I mean, he's got superstar written all mm. over him, and he's joking around with the pros. I mean, this ends one of two ways. Terribly wrong in some mm. sort of awful situation, or he's the greatest golfer of all time. I think yeah. there is no in-between. That's my thought. But I want to see more Charlie Woods in yes. 2021. Yeah, I can't wait to see him in competition. You hit the ball 175. That is insane. <laughs> That is insane. His chipping, his putting, his his overall game is incredible. Uh, another storyline for 2021 for me, Patrick Mahomes, mm -hmm. uh, who arguably had the greatest 2020 of any athlete. So yeah. wins the Super Bowl, gets paid, yeah. becomes an owner of the Kansas City Royals, donates money to make Arrowhead Again, maybe that that stadium needs a name change. Yeah. Uh, Arrowhead, as a polling station, by donating his own money, gets married. Maybe ends uh, has another back to back, or sorry, maybe he gets MVP this year, or maybe another Super Bowl appearance. I want to see Patrick Mahomes in twenty twenty one. My favorite football player, Tom Brady. He's mm. he's the goat. Don't at me, anybody. He's the goat. <laughs> but Patrick Mahomes might be coming at that crown a little yeah. bit sooner than than people are anticipating. And he started th this year with that comeback win against Houston in the playoffs. That's right. Play, That's right. right. So he started this year off with a bang right off the jump, and he, he's still going stronger than anyone. And I agree, he's definitely going to be in that conversation amongst the greatest quarterbacks of all time because he just has that skill. I am also with you. I think Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback of all time. Um, I had Excellent. that – actually, I had that debate again – last night and went into this morning because I have a friend who just hates Tom Brady with a passion. Um, but yeah, Patrick, he's just so much fun to watch. He's so, he's such yeah. a hybrid. He's, and again, he's, if you think about his story is behind Alex, I think it's Alex Smith for a year. Mm -hmm. And I mean, he's the, he's talented, but he's the guy who's like, wait your time and then you're good to go. And he just, as soon as he was handed the reins, it was over. Mm -hmm. He was just completely dominating. Um, and so the last one. All right, one more. Do you have Do you have another story going into twenty twenty one? Oh, for stories going into twenty twenty one, I had. Yeah. Well, I'm kind of interested to see how Durant's going to do in New York with that media and on the Nets. Seeing how he's kind of he can act really sensitive at times. See how he's going to do with the New York media. Uh, and I'm being a, I'm a Knicks fan, so I'm really curious to see how he's going to handle it. I know I shouldn't be saying that in public, to be honest with you, but. <laughs> Uh, this is all like as a kid, I, I spent a lot of time in New York, which is why I'm a Knicks right. fan and a Yankee fan. Uh, and I'm a Bills fan, but that's a different, obviously not Manhattan, but um, right, yeah, Durant with the with the Nets. And then I'm kind of curious as being the big baseball fan, how they're going to deal with the playoffs next year. They're going to keep it expanded, you're going to have the same rules they had this year. Then uh, next year, I'm just kind of curious to see how that's going to work out because I, I personally love the playoffs this year. I think cut the regular season a couple of games short, get more teams into the playoffs, just generate more money for these these teams or these cities let's get more teams in there to have opportunities to win because in baseball you can be a wild card team and still make the playoffs it's not like right in the nba where like normally the top four teams one of the top four teams make the, the nba finals and hockey's kind of like that as well where the eight seed can win and go all the way to the stanley cup but baseball playoffs i find is the best playoffs out of the four major sports um and, and anyone has a chance to win so i would love to see, see like more teams. That. I'll love to see more teams in the playoffs and more opportunities for these guys. I like the expanded playoffs because mm -hmm. we had the dream that Miami Marlins could just like completely flip Major League <laughs> Baseball on its head and, yeah. and make a run. Um, I think I'd love to see the same rules that they had. Like I love the seven inning double headers. Um, I loved the, the playoffs the way that it was formatted. Mm -hmm. you, just, you just played. You just, you just right. Just get going. I thought it was. 
I just, I loved it. So, you know, you knew how to build your team. And I think a lot of teams are going to now figure out, okay, if we're going to do it again this way, we may have to build our team a little bit differently mm. than we would traditionally do it. Um, but one of my last major story going into 2021 is will a Canadian team win the Stanley cup? Cause now we have the North division. So all mm -hmm. Canadian teams are going to be playing each other, whether in Canada or in the States, you know, it guarantees that at least two Canadian teams are going to be in, they're going to make the playoffs and have a shot at, sorry, four teams make the playoffs. Four. I think. Yeah. Before. Yeah, four teams. Four. So two teams have a chance of making the semifinals yeah. Yeah. for uh, Stanley Cup. I love it. I want to see. Maybe this is what it what they need. There's one less team in their division. Everybody, every mm -hmm. other division has uh, one more team than them. This could be the year. I'm. I don't want to say it too loud. I don't want to jinx it. <laughs> the Leafs. Here's my bold prediction: the Leafs are winning the Stanley Cup. That's I said point. it. See, that's it. The Leafs are going to win the Stanley Cup in 2021. I say it. We're recording now, December 21st. As of the at the end of well, June or July or whenever the season's going yeah. to actually end, Toronto Maple Leafs crowned Stanley Cup champions. As a Torontonian and as a company man for Sportsnet, I pray you're right. <laughs> I pray you're right because <laughs> that would be that would be a lot of positives for me in my life, uh, personally and professionally. So. I pray that this comes comes true, and if it does, please have me back on so I can thank you. <laughs> so I can thank you for everybody. Um, so I want I want to transition from sports to another interesting topic. Obviously, recording this around the holidays, mm -hmm. so I have to ask. You know, holiday movies—they're a thing. People have debates: Is Die Hard a holiday movie? <laughs> Is it not? I don't know. But for me, my two favorite holiday movies: one. Obviously, Home Alone, mm -hmm. it's like an original. I remember just growing up with it. And then the other one is like a terrible movie, but Jingle All the Way. Mm -hmm. Those are like my two holiday movies that are go-to. You said before the podcast yeah. that you had like a controversial take. I do. Let's hear it. I do. So uh, this my, the movies I like to watch, I don't have a, a lot of favorites, but Santa Claus, I used to watch a lot as a kid with Tim Allen. Uh, something yep. my mom would watch all the year. Um, and like elephant for Christmas is really like, but my a debate I have every year, and I want to put this on wax. To me, die one Die Hard to me is not, is not a Christmas movie, and to take it one Thank step you. forward, Home Alone is not a Christmas movie to me. Home Alone oh, man. is not to me. It's a movie set around Christmas time. Oh, that man. like All I right. think you uh... can have that same movie. And do it instead of having a Christmas tree, like say for Home Alone 2, you have a birthday wish. You can have the exact same movie and they can have the exact same outcome. You can have a summer okay. vacation around a birthday, you make a birthday wish, family comes back, bada bing, bada boom, you go back home. Okay. Oh, man. I shouldn't have waited this long in the podcast <laughs> to have this conversation. Jeez. Um, okay. So I, I respectfully disagree. Oh, good. Um, I, I mean, I agree Die Hard is not. It is based around Christmas time. But there are aspects of Home Alone mm. that tie into Christmas. Okay. Sure, you're talking about the summer vacation. 100%. I get you could flip that. But the idea of reconnecting with family over the holidays, over a special occasion, the manger scene plays a small but important part in his escape from the wet bandits. Oh, the first one, right? Um, yeah. Exactly. The first yeah, one, yeah. yes. Um, and so for me, I under, I can understand the argument being made because many people have quickly come to that <laughs> explanation when they say, oh, well, Die Hard, if Die Hard isn't one, then Home Alone isn't. I think that there are too many in, at least in the first Home Alone, mm -hmm. that draw to the spirit of Christmas and family and get together that another holiday doesn't really bring people together mm -hmm. for. If you think about the... Um, the crazy, not the crazy old man. They make him see like a crazy old man, but the guy who's got like the shovel who ends up saving um, the kid in home, Macaulay Culkin in Home Alone. Right. Again, he reconnects with his family over yeah. the holiday, over Christmas. He gets to finally see his grandson and his son. And the second one, again, <laughs> you still get like the turtle doves. You get the the, the gift giving, right. the toys for Santa. There's. Again, <laughs> I feel like Home Alone hits closer to home. However, I get it. I get it. No, I, totally understand. 
I, I love this. Like, I love to have friendly debates. I love to have conversations. Um, but what have I told you? I think the director even said it's not really a Christmas movie, even though they play it always around Christmas. I think that just because things aren't intended to be mm. something, that they don't take on something of their own. I think the fact that if you look at the numbers of people watching Die Hard throughout the year, it's not, there's not a spike during Christmas time. Right. I think if you get a poll of when networks are running Home Alone or when people are queuing up Home Alone on like Netflix or Amazon Prime or anything, there's going to be a spike at the holiday time because that's the life that it has taken on by the audience. The audience has made it a Christmas movie, even if the director did not mean for it to take that. When they so made I think it. that would be my. I think thought. Christmas adopted the movie and has made it its own. <laughs> but I, I, I'm not. I, I don't. Maybe. I don't. I'm more. Pa- I don't want to say passionate because I didn't base this fun conversation. But the Die Hard one, I just can't. <laughs> I can never accept. Like yeah. to me, you're pretty much saying like Rocky Four is a Christmas movie because he fought Drago on Christmas Day, or Batman Begins. Right. I think it was is a Christmas movie, or Godfather is a Christmas movie because he was buying presents yeah. before he got shot on the street. Um, all these yeah. things to be as this makes no sense. And the Home Alone one, I have more resistance with because there's more substance to prove that it is one. I just personally sure. just don't think it. Cause I, I come, like my mindset is if Christmas is not the theme, like an elf, Christmas is a theme, Santa Claus, Christmas is a theme. Sure. Uh, Frost is all those things. Those It's the theme or the Grinch or whatever. Um, so it falls underneath the, the Christmas like movie category. But for me, at Home Alone, it's just right. it's just a movie that's based around Christmas that Christmas plays a part every now and then. And then, but the main, I think the main thing is about family. And there's a ton of other movies where you can see across any time of the year that's still about family. It doesn't mean it's necessarily a Christmas movie. But there's more substance to back up the point that it is than say a Die Hard. And I agree. I'm glad we agree with that because that would have been a bigger debate <laughs> if yeah. you told me that yeah. it was a Christmas movie because he says ho, 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 or Merry Christmas or something like that at the end of the movie. <laughs> for, for me, one of my favorite parts about Home Alone is like all of the like stories that have come out when people start speculating on like what the McAllisters mm-hmm. did. One of, one of my favorite ones is that Kevin McAllister is actually in the mob. <laughs> Which is why he can that afford like the two million dollar yeah. house compared to everybody else, <laughs> and to go on vacations and all. To me, like that's always the fun stuff. I love that kind of thing. It's a good movie too, though. Like I don't, I do think it's a good movie. Yeah, I liked, I liked the first one and the second one. Um, third one not so much, but uh, I think Macaulay Culkin did a great yeah. job. I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Now, the last thing I wanted to ask you uh, before I let you go is uh, sports movies. So obviously, sports has played a major part. In your life, I love a good old-fashioned sports movie. If you had to give me like your top three sports movies, or at least three sports movies that you can watch on whenever it's on, you're you know you're tuning in and you're sticking with it. What would those three movies be? All right, so it's not in no order, and this is kind of more at the top of the head because okay. being such a sports fan, like I love so many different sports movies. Um, and this one is probably not on anyone's list at all, but The Fan with Wesley Snipes okay, and Robert yeah. De Niro. I'm a huge Robert De Niro fan. Yeah. I'm a huge baseball fan. So you put those two together, I'm on an MFE and, and I'm a big uh, Wesley Snipes fan. So that movie really hit me. Um, I, I was a big fan of Above the Rim. is my favorite basketball movie of all time. Okay. Uh, Tupac did a great job in that movie. Um, and then Rocky. Uh, Rocky won. I like most. I love boxing. Uh, it's probably my second okay. favorite sport uh, to watch. But Eddie Rocky, but mainly Rocky won, was just unbelievable, I thought. Interesting. I like it. I like that take. Uh, we may have to have you on as a guest. We have a, a sports movie power ranking mm. type of, of podcast that we also do. I might have to. Uh, I got a ton. Like I didn't even mention like the Sandlock or the major leagues. Like major league is, I love that movie. And because I love baseball, like I even love like, uh, what was the movie called? Angels in the Outfield. Like it's not even that good of a movie, but it's just <laughs> yeah. because I love baseball. I would watch that. I'll watch that right now. Uh, it was so good. Sandlot is my favorite yeah. sports movie of all time. It's just like one of it's actually in my top five movies of just mm-hmm. favorites, along with like The Godfather, which you would oh, think that like Godfather one and two and The Sandlot. <laughs> how do you make those connections? For whatever reason, it works in my head. It you have a lot in common. Godfather's my um, favorite movie too. 
Yeah. Oh really? Yeah. Listen, I was I was a big fan of Godfather One and was like dismissive of Godfather Two, but due to COVID, I've obviously spent a lot of time rewatching mm-hmm. things. I actually think Godfather Two. It's I mean, amazing. they're like one A yeah. one B for me now. Um, the third one didn't actually happen. It yeah. doesn't exist in the realm of the series. But I think uh, Coppola, as crazy as he was, was a genius when it came uh, to these yeah. two films. Godfather so, One. Uh, Definitely two yeah, favorites. Godfather 1 is my favorite only because it's the original, but I think Godfather 2 is a better movie. Right. I think Godfather 2 is in the running for the best sequel. Oh, yeah. I, easily, I can't think. Like, if, if Endgame is like a, a... I don't even think Endgame is a sequel. It's Infinity War because there's so no, many. Age of Ultron yeah, would be the sequel. There's so many of them, but uh, yeah, no, Godfather 2 definitely would probably be the best sequel. Yeah. I mean, Mighty Ducks two might be the oh, only yeah. one, but like, it's still not a still not a great movie. But like, it was definitely better than. Isn't the that first coming one. back? Yeah, apparently they're doing a, a Disney Plus uh, series with some There's, of the original castmates. Oh, so. One of Goldberg will be on it because he has a. He's been in the best. Actually, I think he. I, last I read, he was doing better than that photo that yeah. mugshot that he had. Right. So. Oh, shout out! Honorable mention: one of the best people winners of twenty twenty, Mark Cuban. Mm. Mark Cuban. And so you you bring it up because you mentioned Goldberg and I think of Delonte West mm-hmm. and think about what Mark yeah. Cuban did to really try to get Delonte West back onto the right yeah. path um, and, and, and resources and money and yeah. time and reconnecting with his family and all that kind of stuff. So shout out Mark Cuban as much as, um, you know, you're a team mm-hmm. owner in the NBA and you're not always viewed in the greatest light. I think uh, the humanitarianism right there is, is second to yeah. when. When Puerto Rico had that hurricane, I think he gave his plane to J.J. Barea to go uh, bring over supplies, his private plane to give over supplies to the country to help them out. So, yeah, he definitely has a big heart. There you go. Shark Tank, <laughs> if you're ever looking to, to have a podcast to invest in, just <laughs> send me an email. We'll make it happen. <laughs> um, listen, Adrian, thank you for taking the time, man. Pleasure. Uh, I feel like there's so much we can discuss in the future, yeah. so hopefully you'll you'll – come back anytime and we can do another, this is great, another round yeah, this is great. and listen seriously if you need to know some good food spots in miss saga you just let me know we'll make it happen yeah no, i and i definitely will and i appreciate it and this is kind of like the first time i met you but i feel like we've been friends for just as long as Jake julio's been friends so that speaks to your character and i really appreciate you bringing me on and this conversation was fun it was a great time awesome now like you said earlier in the podcast uh you're producing a sports year in review Tell us a little bit more about that. Where can we find it if on TV or online? Yeah, yeah. so it's going to be with Sportsnet. Donovan Bennett narrated it. Um, so I wrote it. So shout out to him. That should be coming out. I want to say Christmas Eve, but around Christmas. Uh, we should be finishing it up tomorrow, hopefully. Knock on wood. But uh, yeah, that'll be coming out. And then after that, I'm not sure what exactly we'll be working on. I think I'm doing, might be doing a Matt Barnes. Not Matt Barnes, sorry. Um, Aaron Baines feature, but that hasn't been confirmed yet. But cool. yeah, the year in review, look out for that. Uh, so much to cover this year so it might be a little bit long but stay with it and hopefully you enjoy it now if people want to follow you on instagram or on twitter where can they find you at? uh twitter is this adrian a-d-r-i-n chetty c-h-e-d-i-e all one word uh instagram is a chetty awesome adrian it's been a pleasure thank you for taking the time definitely for my guest adrian i'm your host julian ortiz of the big old podcast Happy holidays. Happy end of 2020. We finally made it. Yes. And looking forward to seeing everybody again in the new year. Be safe. Yes, sir. Uh, be healthy. And uh, we'll see everybody next year. Take care, everyone.